Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. I'm Yahoo senior NFL writer Therese Paler. Here with my main man, a fellow senior NFL writer, Charles Robinson. And look, we just got back from vacation, a hard-earned vacation. And we're going to get into where we were in a minute. But uh, my man, Charles, sounds like you're pretty happy to be alive right now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, so we did Oregon. That's what we did. We did a week in Oregon. Whitewater rafting. Whitewater yes. rafting. Yes. So we, we go on this big whitewater rafting trip. And, uh, you know, so like Don's super nervous about whitewater rafting. He's like, what if I fall out of the boat? And you're I'm being like, the captain of the yeah, ship. Yeah, I'm like, know? it's not going to happen. Like, you know, I know these are like, uh-huh. and, you know, and it's pretty serious rapids, all this stuff. So I sell around the whole confidence of like, you know, you're not, you're not going to fall out, all this stuff. So, of course, halfway through, it was like a 14-mile uh, trip, right, down, the, down mm-hmm. these rapids. We hit a rock. Really hard. <laughs> so hard that of the seven people in the raft, myself and another guy fly out of the raft. <laughs> so now you're in, in the, the middle of this freezing yes. cold rapids. In rapids. the rocks. Like in the rocks, right? So he was in front of me. I was I was more kind of in the middle. And so they grabbed him. They got right. a hold of him. And right. all I hear is the guides he's screaming at me, grab my hand, grab my But it's too late. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm gone. The boat's gone. And I'm hitting rocks. Okay. I got a life preserver on. But I'm bouncing off rocks in the rapids. I'm trying to, like, stop myself. I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. So finally, I hit a big rock, and I wedged myself up against it. This is in the middle of, like, the rocky rapids part. Right? Right. It's not a smooth part. It's a rocky rapids part. So the, the water's pushing me so hard. I can't really move, but I hit a rock, and I finally – I'm clinging to it. And I'm – logically, <laughs> I feel like this is the safe moment <laughs> in this whole thing. <laughs> Well, there's a second raft behind us, right? And they're just entering the yeah. rapids. And I hear their their guide screaming at me as they're coming. We're going to grab you. And I'm yelling, no, I'm okay. Leave me. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Right. You're turning down the hill. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want no, to say. I'm good on the rock. Because it Let felt hypothermia like get I had stopped moving finally. I wasn't <laughs> bouncing off anything. I had finally wedged myself up against a rock. So I'm like, no, I'm good. And all I hear him say is, no. Bleep that. We're going to get you when we go by. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then all, it was like G.I. Jane, the Navy SEAL moment where they grab the person out of the yeah. boat and yank them in. So the boat goes by me. Literally like four dudes reach out, grab me and yank me as hard as I've ever been yanked in my life. Wow. Into the boat. And I'm like, I sit up and I'm 
almost violently shaking. And he's like, it's okay. It's, it's adrenaline. He's like, you'll calm down. It's adrenaline. But he was basically like, why did you think <laughs> like you were going right, to like, the same question I just asked? And I mean, got to feel like that was the closest you've come to being in some serious trouble, right? Like that. I mean, I've definitely been in other situations where I could have been it. <laughs> Ooh, car Charles is story like time theater. Oh, no. I mean, there's been some, okay. you know, things. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it was just, I felt stupid because I had told Don, you're not going to fall out of the boat. That's it's fine. It's safe. We're fine. And then we hit a rock and it wasn't even <laughs> like, literally, I didn't even know what had happened until I was in the water. And I didn't, I, I, it was nuts. By the time I got back in, basically the other guy and I were talking and he was like, I'm just glad they got me as soon as I flew out of the boat. And and Dawn said, she was like, I asked her, I was like, were you scared that I had flown over? And she was like, yeah, kind of. Oh, my like, God. It kind of happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how concerned she was. I could hear her yelling, like, is everything in my name? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she's going to make sure she was all right. Yeah. Um, from my much less adventurous, in a way, I went to the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, the biggest problem with that is the jokes that have come with that yes. from you and Al yes. about me spending my vacation in the middle of Missouri yes. and the uh, Netflix show Ozark. So there's been some appropriate jokes about that. About and, Poppy, yeah. Poppy Fields yeah. and uh, what you brought back on the plane, yeah, whether yeah. you keistered it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> a little more relaxing than yours, I bet. Uh, what are we, but what what are we, we doing? Yeah, what the hell? Like, uh, I'm in the middle of vacation. What are we doing? Like, like we, we, we could have done the beach we're or doing the by beach a next pool. Time. I'm in the middle of Oregon and I'm too big to be hiking. Okay. Hiking, whitewater rafting. I told you on the way over here, I was laughing. I don't know why I thought when Dawn's like, we should go to Oregon. I thought right then I should have been like, what do people do in Oregon? They're usually hiking. You should have audibled on that one. So (laughs) listen, I think, um, you know, we're glad to be back, though, right? That All those adventures told us is that we're glad for our day jobs and we're happy to be back talking football. And, uh, you know, we're going to help you guys get back into the football spirit, too. Because right now, we're going to spend the next two weeks previewing all 32 teams starting today with the AFC. And next week, we're going to talk about the NFC. And then Charles and I are going to split up his many training camps as possible and then come back together. But before all that, we're going to go division by division. And we'll pick where each we think each team is going to finish. And at the end, we're also going to pick who we think is going to Miami for Super Bowl 54. So speaking of Miami, Charles, let's start with the AFC East, where uh, the team from Miami plays. And I, I think we got a pretty good discussion to kick this thing off with the team we're going to pick to finish last in the AFC East. And I don't, I don't think – I think it's easy picking – which two are going to be in the mix, but we got to make a choice, right? right? Between the New York Jets and Miami Dolphins. And I'm telling you, I struggled with this because I look at the Dolphins roster and it's like, it's very clear they know they don't have enough talent to compete. But I think the Jets just might be an old-fashioned dumpster fire. Their their head coach is the general manager. If I could pick both those teams to go 3-13, and I would. Are we arguing right now, like, what's the worst team in the NFL right now? Maybe, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. Look, here's the thing about the Dolphins. I think I saw at one point, I I wish I could remember where I saw it, like, the uh, the Vegas odds on the Dolphins winning the Super Bowl. It was like 500 to 1. Oh, yeah. It was like insane. It was was nuts. But then when I sat there and I thought about it, you're right, there's a talent drain. Jim Caldwell stepping away. Honestly, it hurts him. him. Jim's very good with quarterbacks. That hurts him. Very good with quarterbacks. I think he was an influence that 
you know, flow. Brian Flores was going to lean on yeah. as a head coach. Who we both like. We like we a li- lot. This is not an indication of how we right. feel about flow. It's more roster construction Absolutely. and where they're at. So, you know, I think the overall, to me, this is the worst team in the AFC. It's only because I look at the roster makeup. I don't know. I mean, look, we don't know if Josh Rosen, we're finding out basically, I think the question around the Dolphins is, are they going to draft another quarterback? You know, like that's almost what this that's season's a, about. Do we have one in Josh Rosen? I'm, I don't even think almost. I think that's what you it think is it's about. about. Yeah. Because two is going to be the number one pick. And yeah. I know it's early, but, we'll see. you know, we'll ooh. See. Yeah, we'll see. You throwing I, Herbert in there? I well, I'll tell you what. So I went to the Manning Passing Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, I go to the Manning Pass Academy. I will tell you that. So Tua didn't show up, and here's something that was interesting. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up tweeting about some of this about some of the yeah, college yeah, yeah. quarterbacks later. But I, I think NFL guys are a little worried about Tua's health. Like I think they're That's like interesting. They're they're. I've had a few guys kind of because Tua didn't show up to the Manning Passing mm-hmm. Academy, and like there were a number of NFL guys who were like, "Is this health related? Like, what's going on mm-hmm. there?" And so I think they want to see not only decision-making next season, but then health. But I will say this about Herbert, Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Oregon. He is, he cuts that mold, man. Like oh, when you, he, when you, he passes the eye test? He is, he's built for yeah. a quarterback. Like he's very built. He's kind of thick. You know, some quarterbacks have some thickness to him, but How muscular, does the ball come out of his hand in person? He, it pops. Does and it really? Manning, wow. uh, Peyton likes him a lot. Like okay. Peyton, Peyton's talked to him quite a bit privately. Um, so I would say any anybody who's listening, if you think your team's in the market for a quarterback in the next draft, he it was interesting. Like he worked a lot on taking snaps because mm-hmm. you know at Oregon he does. Right. So like that was one of the things he was like, I spent a lot of time with Peyton learning how to take snaps and you know what what can be expected out of the gun versus you know snaps, all this different stuff. But I thought at the Manning Passing Academy, I thought Peyton spent the Mannings were very interested in Herbert and mentally i had a chance to talk to him a little bit like he's he's it, nothing seems big now at this Good. point yeah he i think he'll be as long as health wise he holds up you know he'll be aided by going so you, back you think year. it's more that's to be determined that's interesting yeah. i like the fact you went down there you saw him in person yeah because you and i both know sometimes you go to the senior bowl you see guys yeah. and you're like that's how like it, it pops when you see them in person jake Fromm sat next to him yeah georgia quarterback and i thought to myself Whoever his agent ends up being needs to be like, don't sit next don't to Justin Herbert. It's just a big difference, right? <laughs> a big difference. Okay. You looked at these two guys and you're just like, not wow, even close. I wouldn't. Yeah, not even okay. close. I'm really interested. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's very interesting. So, look, maybe the Dolphins are going to keep Josh Rosen, depending on how he does this year. Maybe they'll finish with the worst record in the NFL and they'll have a chance at Justin Herbert. But I actually do agree with you. I, I think it will be the Miami Dolphins at the bottom of this division. But I, I think the Jets are going to give them a run for their money. Just not really crazy kind of about the way this Adam Gase era has started. I like the hire initially, but I just don't like when you have that hire. You just kind of have just drama, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sign Le'Veon Bell. The GM gets fired. There's like rumors about them trading Le'Veon, even if it's not true, Right. I just don't like that. I don't. But I do like Sam Darnold. Right. And I think that's a thing. Like, they know who their quarterback is. Having the quarterback is. position sorted out. And, and we we also know that Gase is going to work with the quarterback and do some good things. Like, that matters, right? And I think Le'Veon's going to be a good player. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Le'Veon's still a good player. You know, it's interesting. You hear a lot of people complain about the Jets' offensive line, and, like, they should. It was bad last year. I do right. think 
um, Kaleche or Semele will help them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really see Bell as somebody that is completely dependent on an offensive right. line because right. he's such an effective receiver, right. especially on short routes. He's really going to help that football he's team. Paid, well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is that he's not a, wow, we got a physical line, boom, they blow a hole open. He's he's a patient guy. He's a picker. He's, a, he's not a speed, you know, so I, I think... He can tend, his vision helps to compensate sometimes for bad lines. And look, even in Pittsburgh, that line wasn't, it's been better in recent years. But I mean, there were years where Bell was running behind a line that was, eh, had some issues. I think that he's an okay fit there. Great, You know, Greg Williams will compete. I, I think what was That's really true. interesting to me is, um, you know, I, I knew I had a chance to have lunch with a coach who, who knows Greg really well. And he told me, he said, uh, I have to call Adam Case and tell him you need to talk to Greg and say, "Hey, tell him that you're you're growing Sam Darnold right yeah. now, and he needs some wins in practice." Because Greg will wreck him. Because Greg will wreck him. He'll in do it. Yeah, he doesn't do care. Yeah. He'll do it. He'll absolutely go after him. So well, one thing I'll say about that defense, I do like Quentin Williams there. They've got they signed C.J. Mosley, right? There's some guys here. Jamal Adams obviously is a stud. They've got some guys. A little worried about the corners. And I think sure. in a Greg Williams defense, like the corners have to be good. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if they're good. Like, so that could be a problem. Um, Dollars of Donuts, we do think they have more talent than the Dolphins, right? Yes. But if this is like a nightmare scenario, there is a scenario where they're worse. Like, I, I think like injuries. Like, I mean, right. Like, I, I think that could potentially happen, but I, I feel good about slotting them at number three right now. Now, number two, you, you brought them up before. And I was kind of lukewarm. I, I wasn't lukewarm. I was cold on it. But you were cold. I will say this: I've I've looked at the. You like the Buffalo Bills as the second best team in this division. I had a chance to go through their fifty three before we did this show, and defensively, they're going to be a lot better. Now. I mean, they they actually defensively look pretty good. They compete. They, they yeah, they, they look do pretty compete. good, and they're going to play hard. I think that the head coach is the right coach for that position. He gets them to play hard. I'm curious. I'm really want to. I'm. I was thinking about Josh Allen. I'm like, man, what if this is that guy who just takes that huge leap that we don't expect? You know, the guy, you know, look, let's be honest. Play to Wyoming. This isn't disparage Wyoming, but the coaching level in the NFL is going to be different. Right. And the amount of time that he's going to spend on his profession at a very high professional level with all the accoutrement that come along with being an NFL quarterback in terms of film work, all these things. You can pick up polish fast in the NFL if if you're dedicated to it and you got the you got the smarts. So Allen could be I I do like it. I didn't initially. I think you and I talked about Buffalo a few shows back. You were disgusted, and I was like, a little <laughs> disgusted. Yeah, but but you look at it though, like Sean McDermott, their head coach, came from Carolina. Right. This is like a junior Carolina. It is. They like, brought in some. This Carolina team is no like. Doubt. They're starting to look like that, even from the quarterback, just this big, super athletic guy with a gun who's not all that accurate. Like, it's actually kind of – and then you look at, like, some of the things they've done. They added in all these skill players. And, like, none of them are great, but they're solid. They're proven NFL players. They've improved the offensive line. I actually think Josh Allen will take a step up this year. I feel good about the Bills. I think two. this is the dark horse team after, after looking at the two deep. If they show defensively and Allen can be – you know, take take a stride. Mm-hmm. I think this is a dark horse playoff team. I, I, like I do a, like, too. Like a team that maybe could go nine and seven. A nine and, and seven squeak would in. not surprise me with the Bills. And squeak How in. about that? Yeah, they nine, would not surprise. Yeah, me. I think defensively they might actually be good enough to be a nine and seven team. Which, let's be honest, man. There was a time last year looking at the Bills roster where they were horrible. People make fun of Josh Allen still. I did it. I know you did it. Like everyone's done it. 
they they criticize that guy. But like when you watch him play, and I did spend a lot of time last year watching him, like he does stuff that some other guys can't do. And it's hard not to be tantalized by that a little bit. Now, on the flip side, some of the stuff he does is seven yard pass in the dirt. You know, that should be completed that other guys don't do either. But but I do think that the upside is there for him to take a big step forward this year. I'm interested to see what Brian Dayball can do. He can't run as much as he ran last season. Like that was an interesting yeah, thing. He let you him know, in like he, yeah, yeah, he let him in yards and yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, it was he That's can't say. Yeah. I mean it is he's big, like I get that, and he's physically built to do it and all that. But yeah. you know, he he's he really has to make a stride as a passer, some patience on on that part. How about you tell me how do the Patriots I was thinking about this. I, I don't I saw something on Gronkowski. Uh, oh, I remember I was watching the the AFC Championship game. I was on my flight. Yeah, my flight. I think it was out to Oregon, and I was watching the AFC Championship game again. And man, I forgot how many big plays he made. A Gronk lot of made, big plays and a couple of big blocks in that game. Don't forget the Super Bowl. Either. And, and yeah, obviously the Super Bowl. I I just the talent. We talk about the talent during the New England every season. We always we always talk about the talent. Drain. He is just one of those ones where I'm like, you can lose flowers. You can lose, you know, Trent Brown. I mean, you can use there. There are pieces that they've lost over the years, and I'm like, okay, they seem to figure out a way to weather these losses. He's like the first guy in a while where I feel like, other than like maybe Revis when right. Revis left. Like there have been a few guys who leave, and you're just like, man, that guy to me, what he meant to Tom. I am wondering how big of an impact this is. I, I I'm nervous about how big of an impact it's going to be. You, you know, and they didn't really do a whole lot to replace him either. Right. You know, I, we all kind of thought they might spend a premium pick on a, on a tight end. Not really. They signed Ben Watson, but he's going to be suspended for the first, first four games. The, the thing that Gronk does even beyond like the athletic stuff was blocking. Like that helped, like that mattered. Right. And I, I just, I don't know how you replace even a diminished version of that guy. And and not only that, not only the blocking, but you you and I, I think we're high on their running backs. Like yeah, the depth. we I, like I, Sony I Michelle like a lot. Yeah. You know, I think we like the James depth. White James awesome. White. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, look, the depth that running backs, sick there. But he's such a big component of, of the running game as well. And... Yeah, I just, man, I, I just, after, I, it alarmed me. I, we've always known Gronk's a great player. Right. But man, when I watch the AFC title game, again, I'm just like, they absolutely do not win this game without him. There's no, there's no doubt. They don't, they don't win the Super Bowl without him. He made right. some big plays right. in that game, too. Either, right. So let's also remember this. The Patriots lost Trey Flowers, who's a good football player. Maybe not worth Detroit paid him. But sure, he's a, but he's a good player. Well, you're worth whatever someone's willing to right, pay right. you. But I, ideally, okay, Trent Brown. Solid NFL starter, right? Like, those are big losses, but at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick. They're winning the division. They're going to finish with double digits. Still not going to pick against. We, yeah. every, I feel like every year, like, at some point, it's not going to hold. It just doesn't matter. Like, it's you not going to hold. You know what Bill Belichick, he is the living embodiment of every Madden player who's, like, in year 15 of his franchise. And, like, your coaching stats are maxed out. Like, you've got, like, every single, like, you've got every single um, power-up you can get. So, like, guys develop faster into you. Teams trade with you when they shouldn't. Like, it's just, it's easy. <laughs> it's just easy for you. Yeah, I, I, I feel like for so many years running, I've been like, when, when does the hole come? You know, that they fall into. Like, it's going to, they're going to hit a wall eventually. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, from looking at Tom and again, going, once again, going back to that AFC title game, he's a guy who just hit every big pass when they needed to hit it. 
Edelman, I think is still at this point, still going to be peak Julian Edelman. I'll be, I'll be very curious to see how adding to Keel Harry, you know, if, if he can have some kind of an impact. I think he will. Yeah, Actually, I mean, you he went there, them, you saw him. He gives them something they don't really have. I, I think he's going to, and he works hard. I think he's going to have it. I know people don't want to hear it, but you just, I don't have, it's no. so hard to pick. It. Look, We're not as long as Brady it. and Belichick are there, and and they're remember, and there are also two teams in this division that are really, really bad. bad. Right, they're gonna. They look to me like they'll win eleven. A, a team that'll games. be a eleven win, you know, team. So just to recap, AFC East, we both got the Dolphins number four, the Jets at number three, the Bills at number two, and the Patriots at number one. I think we agree on that. Okay, yes. all right, let's move on to the AFC South. A little more competitive in this division, where even the team I've picked number four could easily rise up. But to do that, they're going to need their quarterback to step up in a big way. And I, I got the Tennessee Titans here. I just, you know, Marcus Mariota's got to take a big step forward here for this team to start reaching its potential. You know, they spent a high first-round pick on Corey Davis, the receiver. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I still don't feel like this is an offense that scares you very much, even though the defense is good with Mike Vrabel. Here's, here's an interesting conversation that I had with someone with the Titans. I don't know everybody's still sold on Derrick Henry. That's interesting. Yeah. So now you can add him yeah. to the list of yeah. guys that might I, not. I think Marcus, we talked about Marcus and we talked about Derrick Henry and, and he flat out, both of them gave me the, the impression that they are, we know Marcus Mariota there. They're sitting there going, is this it? Like, are we just going to have to draft a quarterback next year? They are absolutely in the camp. So if anyone questions whether, no, no, Marcus, no, no. They're so to the five. point now. This is it. They're, this you is it. start seeing it yeah. by now. No, no, it's done. Yeah. Like, this is it. Like, if it, he, he is, this is it, make or break for him. Derrick Henry was the interesting one because I kind of said to him, well, at least you figured that out. And he was like, eh, eh. <laughs> a little kind of, oh, well, we'll see. And I, and I said, really, we'll see. And there's, I don't know what it is. There's something about Derrick Henry's running style. I know we, we look at his size and we're like, he's this and he's that. I don't know that they're all sold on him being the type of back we look at him and thinking he is for his size. And, and I'm That's just telling correct. you right now, I don't, I, I felt some ex- extreme reticence on their part to sit there and go, this is our franchise running back. We're going to, you know, we can build an offense around him. Like, pretty much flat out, I felt like there's a very solid chance that Derrick Henry is not even their starting running back in in 2020. Like, this felt like, just like Marcus Mariota, I felt like Derrick Henry, this is sort of a make or break year for him. I thought Corey Davis, what was interesting to me was, he like Corey Davis was a guy that I had questions about, and he's like, "Look, the tools are there." Like he that he didn't say that. It was what was interesting to me about Derrick Henry. He wasn't like, "Hey, the tools are there," and he's did a. But Corey Davis, he's like, "Hey, the tools are there." It's just he he can't put it together. He can't you know like catching ball. There's just certain things about his game. He's there's a, a mental aspect of this that he can't seem to get over certain elements of what he needs to do to break through. It was just weird to me that out of those three. Derrick Henry, Marcus Mariota, Corey Davis. He felt more sold on Corey Davis putting it together this year than our obviously Mar- uh, Marcus or Derrick Henry, which is weird. The Titans finished nine and seven last year. They're, they tried to upgrade their offense. You know, they signed Adam Humphreys. You know, they drafted AJ Brown, who I loved. He will right. help them. Right. right. They but, like AJ Brown a lot. Yeah. No, he's good. He's going to immediately. He might become their best receiver. They think <laughs> they're no. There's fine. a chance. For yeah. Real. Like yeah. No. Like it, that's an immediate kind of thing. Huge diva, by the way, though. I did get that from them. How about this, though? Already, walking in the door. Great. 
Love it. Love it. Let's go. As a receiver, that's fine. Let's go. Um, Guess what? They probably need some swag like that on that offense. Okay. That was, I didn't, it was funny though, because that was, that came up right away. They're like, hey, yeah, you know, so like the diva thing, like he totally fits that. I'm like, really? (laughs) He wants his touches. Since you drafted him, you already, they're like, oh yes. Like he is definitely. Guess what? They need some of that on that offense. Um, But their first round pick, Jeffrey Simmons is a guy that might not help him initially. Yeah. I don't think he will. So, I just this is a team that could be the same as last year, but record wise, they could take a step back. I'm picking them fourth. I, do you agree? Who do you have last in this division? I am agreeing. I'm gonna okay. agree with you there because I, I think that I actually think the other three teams in this division are are really good teams. It's a brutal division. Too. This is a brutal division. For, for for the Titans, because I think the other three teams have significant yeah. talent. You've got one that worked out the quarterback position, which was a major problem, obviously, with the Jackson. And had just made the AFC Championship game. The year before. Right. right. So this ought to be really interesting because I, I think we agree on all that. So who do you have as your number three team? Uh, it's I think it's Jacksonville. Okay, right? I do too. You I do have the too. Jacksonville okay. Jack. That's interesting. You picked the Jaguars to go pretty far last year, I right? picked them to go to the Super Bowl last year, yeah. So you don't... I, I did not accurately read <laughs> the Blake Bortles. I did not think Blake was going to go in the tank. I that love that though, season. but you heard, you were hearing stuff too. Yeah. And you still kind of thought they'd figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Because I thought that they took the appropriate measures. You know, I think you and I talked about this going into last season where I had told you, I had heard the coaching staff saw some of the defensive players mm-hmm. and maybe even Fournette getting a little bit too big for their, you know, the ego had kicked in this idea that they were like, ready to ascend and be the next, you know, because they gave the Patriots a run for their money. It was sort of the popular opinion that, you know, Hey, the, this is, and for me, I bought into it and I thought the coaching staff stepped in, they suspended some guys early in camp and they basically said, look, check yourself. I just thought, okay, this, these were the right moves. I didn't realize though. I mean, honestly, like the Leonard Fournette thing blew my mind, like how difficult of a player he became I mean, we're not even talking about the injuries. I'm just talking about, like, the the maintenance of dealing with his personality I never thought would happen. I'll, I'll say there's enough happening here that could be a distraction, okay? Like, um, Tillman Smith's not even there. You know, Fournette, like you mentioned. Plus, there's pressure. You know, there's pressure on Doug Moreau. Like, there's pressure. Yeah. Like, you have your quarterback. This is a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Flip. Gotta make it work. John D. Phillip, like, right. there's and, some pressure and here. Flip's working with a guy he knows, so you can't be like, it's a mismatch between right. I the mean, there's really, and the quarterback. There's really, like, no excuses right. to not finish 9-7 and seven or 10-6 or make the playoffs. So, like, there's going to be Other some than pressure. Schedule, you know, you can yeah. look at the schedule and say, look, it's a tougher division yeah, at the top. I, but but I'm saying, like, if you're Shad Khan, like, I don't know if I want to hear it. You no, know, I, I just, wouldn't. No, no I, I just, you know, I, I got you Nick Foles. <laughs> you just told me Blake Bortles was, was the problem. And that's the guy you guys decided to pay, by the way. So, okay, I'm giving you a reprieve from that. This you has to work. Intense and people, like, people are getting fired. Right. Like, like it's it, happening. Like it, that, and, and that's not, like, necessarily a locker room that's just, a, you know, that's not a breeze to kind of navigate after the stuff that's happened there. So, like, they get off to a rough start. That's a death watch team. The only thing that, that really makes me nervous, though, again, is when we've seen Nick Foles, Foles flourish, he's surrounded by... There was some talent in Philly. Like people underestimated the talent, the skill really, talent, like, the right, skill yeah. talent, yeah, and I mean, the offensive line. Some, was, yeah, yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely, yeah, the line yeah. as well. And and oh yeah, ta- like coaching talent that we saw yeah. kind of fan out after the uh, Super Bowl win. Yeah. So there's a lot there that you know could Nick Foles be the guy that falls flat on his face? And oh my God, the Jaguars are 
four and 12, five and 11. Yeah, that could happen. Absolutely. The risk is that of that is why I've got them third in the division. Second is where I expect we might have a, you know, we might be able to discuss that. I'm going to go Houston. Okay. What about you? Man, I'm a little, I'm a little flustered that you and I agree this much on. I'm on, sure uh, we'll have some, but. I, I'm going to go Houston, and it has to do with the fact that they set out to upgrade that offensive and line. And I don't just I feel don't like feel like they, like they did. Like, I agree. They got outmaneuvered a little bit right. at the offensive tackle position. Andre Dillard was tailor-made for what they needed. Yeah. And some and Philly moved right up in front of him. Just snatched him right on up. So, you look, you can like Titus Howard. That's fine. But I just don't feel like the offensive line is taking a step forward. But I will say this. I feel like my decision to pick the Texans second has more to do with how much I like Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the Colts, but I'm not going to shortchange the, the the Texans here. Um, if if the Texans are going to win this division, like what's wh- what what do they need to have happen here? <sighs> Remember, they also lost Tyron Matthew. Right. I think okay. So a couple of things I think need to happen. Number one, I think Watt needs to once again play at the level he played at last year, and and. I hate to say it. Look, Watt's age is like starting to get to the point where I'm like, how much longer can we expect absolute elite level J.J. Watt? I I think we're still in that zone a little bit, but we're starting to enter the winter of that talent spot. I, I just look at Jadavion Clowney and I say this. like I'm like, you can of all the defensive pieces that I think really, truly could be as impactful as possible. I don't look. I don't think their corners are great. Okay, like I, I think they've got some yeah. issues on that defense. But to me, if Clowney, if it finally clicks, and, we, and this every year conversation with yeah. Clowney. It's a contract year. Right. It, it was a contract year last year. No, but like he had a good season. He's so, a good season. Yeah, no, but like. I'm, I'm talking about this. You want to see a historic kind This is it. Like, I, I, I want to see. I don't know if he's wired like that. No, he might not know. be wired. And you're right. You might be right. But I'm, I'm saying I want to see him be a defensive year, de- defensive player of the year candidate. That's what I want to see out of him. He has, look, you and I, we've seen him in person. Oh, yeah. Okay, we've seen him play yeah. in person. Absolutely. We've seen him up close. We've, we've Unbelievably spoken gifted. to him over the years. Like, he is, from a physical standpoint, he's 100% as as physically as uh, imposing we, as Aaron Donald. We, we want to see the pass rush come together yes. for him. As a run defender, he's, like he's a really good. good player. He's like a really good run defender, but we want to see the pass rush. I, I want to see the great Sack production. Elite, Let's see it. Yes, elite, Von Miller-esque. Like, so, I, want to, I want to see right. Aaron Donald, a guy who just is, see, gives you fits. That's interesting. You think it comes out. I'm going to put it back on the offensive tackles. I think okay. if Matt Khalil, Titus Howard, Max Sharping, if those guys play well, I think they're going to win this division. If they fail, they might finish third. Khalil's scary. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's scary. <laughs> Titus Howard, interesting. He's really you, talented. You and I but... talked about Andre Dillard. What I was told when I asked them, oh, I, I had a chance to talk to someone there in the fallout of the Brian Gaines stuff, all the mess yeah. that happened in the front office there. So I was talking to him, someone in personnel, and we, we kind of got off to the Titus. Uh, I asked him, hey, De Brian King, the, the general manager got fired. Was he, did he get fired because, you know, uh, Andre Dillard, you got jumped for Andre Dillard. He said, look, Andre Dillard wasn't our guy. He was like straight up. He's like, now what is he, is he going to, I think this guy's honest, you know, mm-hmm. the guy I was talking to. And so he, he just said, look, Titus Howard, he was our guy. Like he was the guy, he was always going to be our guy. That's why we didn't worry about if someone was moving up. We knew no one else was going to get him. We knew he was going to be there for us. That's how much they like him. Now, Good. He's crazy raw, but if you really believe in him that much, you know, we'll see. 
I, I just don't think after watching Deshaun Watson there, and I, I would tend to think you do, you agree, we can't have a third year of the abuse that he took, right? It's they a McNabbian level at this right. point. Just right. too much, too much punishment. People forget how hard McNabb got hit. Like it, it, at times in his career, at some point his eyes are going to stop drop, start dropping. Right. And when that happens, he's going to miss plays. You're going to miss, you're going to miss big plays down the field. So that, he, his growth too, he has to. Yeah, there are certain elements oh, yeah, of the absolutely. game that need to grow. But too. I just don't. Sure, but I just don't protect him. Please give him start a shot. There. Right, right. Um, that leaves the Indianapolis Colts, who went ten and six last year. Uh, made it to the divisional round last year for they got beat by the Chiefs. This is just an ascending, well-run team. Like you kind of hear that universally. People kind of respect the way that they're run. Um, they kind of respect the way that this team is being built. A defense. Their defense was pretty solid last year without having like a ton of really good players. <laughs> like it was actually just a really well coached defense that played hard and was fast. Now they look, they got Darius Leonard. Okay. They got some guys, but like I think they're adding, they tried to really add to that this offseason. Um, I think Justin Houston's going to help them. Yes. Right. I think Justin Houston's going to really help them. And then they, they added a bunch of draft picks to that side of the ball. Um, so to me, I think the Colts are a team that, you know, I believe in Frank Reich. I think he knows what he's doing. This is one of those teams that's going to continue to ascend. They've got Andrew Luck. The key for them will just be continue to keep him upright, right? Like, that's the thing. I don't think it's a coincidence he stayed healthy. They made the playoffs last year, right? So, like, they got to keep that guy upright. They got to protect him. I think considering – look, free agency, it's interesting because, you know, they went and got – there were three guys they went and got, obviously, in, in Devin Funches. They got Spencer Ware. They got Justin Houston. I did not see them. You, you. I thought maybe they'd be a little more active in filling out the bottom of the depth chart. Now, if you b- believe you drafted well, then yeah. that's what takes care I, of it. They have a lot of faith in how they draft. Right, there. absolutely. Yeah. But could they have used a little bit more offensive skill position help beyond Devin Funches? They need some tech. Like, probably. You know? <laughs> and I'm not like a huge fun. Now, now this is a funny thing about Funches, though. I viewed Funches... When he, when Funches was in Carolina, I viewed him the same way I viewed Eric Ebron when he was in Detroit. Was a guy Ooh, who I looked at yeah. and I was like, man, he's got a lot of talent, but man, he drops things. He yeah. can't, you know, they, they're not getting that. They're they're missing about fifteen percent out of this guy. They're just not getting that final fifteen percent. Eric Ebron goes to Indianapolis, maxes is out, and he and look, I saw pictures of him. Like, like he, he, like he was that guy that Detroit, they always used to complain. Like he doesn't always look like he's in enough shape. He's this and that, you know, dropping balls, like mentally, is he there? But then he goes to Indianapolis and that didn't seem to bother them any. (laughs) They were fine with it. And so Funchess, I wonder if maybe some of the things that Carolina, they were like, he just can't get over, you know, certain aspects of, is he running routes well enough? Um, is he catching the things that are thrown to him? What about the leadership aspects? If, if Indy doesn't care about that and they get, if he becomes sort of what Ebron did when he made that transition, then I don't think I think the three players they signed are great. You know, some of it also is just fit on your roster because Indy was able to get the most out of Eric Ebron by calling things he ran well right. yep. and by having a quarterback who believed in him with a fresh start. Yeah. Sometimes a fresh Confidence start is a good thing. Like that matters. So I could see something like that happening for Funches. Um, but I think more than anything, they have one of the best young offensive lines in football. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to continue to stay healthy there and keep kicking butt up there um, to keep Andrew Luck healthy. That offensive line, quietly, this reminds me of – I don't want to put this on them yet because they're not You know they're what, just do it. There. Just do it. 
when when Dallas brought in Zach oh, Martin, wow. and you kind of yeah. looked at that offensive line you and just, you said, man, they've got just this insane wealth of talent. Indianapolis isn't quite on that level, but it close. feels like a line. That I'm, is, I'm not afraid has, to say a, I feel a, like it's kind of there's no one there like young all of a sudden. There's no one there like prime, right? Tyron Smith, yeah, right, right. Exactly. But everywhere else, you know, like it, they have their Zach Martin. <laughs> it's pretty okay. good. Like, you there's know? no doubt they have their Zach Martin. I even right? like Glowitzki. Like they have some good guys, man. Braden Smith, the right tackle. So like, there's some Quentin Nelson is your an- like right. that guy is a and that's beast. Great. He's an anchor. That's like, a great anchor. Yeah, absolutely. So we agree with the Colts. All right. Getting to the AFC North, hopefully we'll have a little disagreement here, but it won't be at number four. You and I both agree, the Cincinnati Bengals, no chance. I mean, that, that team's finishing fourth in this division. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, oh. I would. No, I, yeah, I. <sighs> okay. No, 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 go. Say it. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I, it's just, you look at the, this division is so. I think there are a lot of and, and I don't really put Cincinnati in into this because I don't think Cincinnati talent wise stacks up with the rest of the division. But there are t- it's like every team you could put some pretty healthy expect other than Cincinnati you could put some pretty healthy expectations on them. And if you told me, for example, it goes off the rails in Pittsburgh without the talent the the, the talent drain, and all of a sudden they're not as good as we thought they were. If you told me Cleveland the the locker room. Um, you have that a new head nasty, coach who all of a sudden but, couldn't get all those guys. I just think that there's bust potential for every, even Cleveland. You could even make an argument, though, that even if those teams don't live up to their potential, they still might the finish word. better yeah. than right. Dude, they already lost their first-round pick. They right. lost Jonah Williams yeah. for the yeah. season. Man. Which is just like, already Already. Brand-new coach, yep. Zach Taylor. He's a young guy. Right. You're hoping that he's Sean McVay. Which like, you're not, hoping. It's not even No, a, I'm just it's saying. It's unfortunate no. that he gets tagged with that because the truth no, is. No, I know. He's not. He's. People need to understand this. He is not Sean McVay. Sean McVay is like a one in a million. Like, like he, he's, he's like, okay, he's like Pat Mahomes. See. You want someone to be Pat Mahomes? You're like, man, he's got a cannon arm or this or that. Yeah. He's not going to be Pat Mahomes. Okay, that only, it's like, it's like Dan Marino. No one's been Pat Mahomes since Dan Marino. It's like it trying to happen. draft the next right. Dan Marino. Right. Like, I you're mean, not going to do it. You can't just, it just replicate happens. McVay. That's okay? a good point. It was insane. I love that. But I'll agree with you, fourth. Okay, but just, again, like, what did they do to get better? Like, I just, I don't really, I just, I just, I don't, I'm not seeing where like a whole lot of the improvements going to, like, this is going to be a year where they're going to have to take some L's probably, you know, especially in this division. So moving I on. I think to, you have too many pieces aging. AJ Green's yeah, aging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Andy, Andy Dalton's, Dalton's aging. aging. Like, right. you could look at, you could look at some prime pieces on this roster and say, Might next have been good year, in 2014. I can see the quarterback gone. Yeah. I can see the number one wide receiver gone. You know, you could, you could see the retooling and the complete flush out begin i mean their whole hope that this team is better is based on their coaching staff being better right i don't think it's gonna be so i'm sorry i think this team is far and away fourth it's not gonna be when mcveigh came into the rams and we're like man the rams are a smoking this team is picking in the top five in 2020 people forget too another thing too with zach taylor and and the Bengals. when mcveigh walked into the rams the rams had some talent the Rams had quite a bit of talent right. that Sean McVay walked into. Not Zach here. Taylor, not even close. Team number three. Oof. I'm saying Baltimore. Baltimore is a team that pushed for the playoffs last year. They went 10-6. and six. I think there's going to be some growing pains with my guy Lamar this year. I think there will be a few growing pains as he continues to develop as a passer. Everything we said last year about Patrick Mahomes, like, oh, they got the tape on him now. Right. That's really going to apply here. Right. Like, 
whatever passing concepts that he had down, they will take away. Plus, plus part of his development right now is going to hang on what? Some young receivers. And right. And receivers are never good when they're young. It takes a little time. Right? Like, they're never, they're very rarely very good. So there's a growth process. And, and you know, they right. lost some guys, dude. Zadarius Smith from their defense, Terrell Suggs. Like, there's, you know, there's, there's some guys they lost. So I, I think this they team. They lost the linebacker that got overpaid. Oh, CJ Mosley, of course. Mosley? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, like, yeah. CJ Mosley's a really good player. No, really like, good play. Like, like God, yeah, man, they really paid CJ Mosley though. <laughs> for real, I'm just saying. <laughs> you said that so dismissively, like, like they just paid, you know, pay Johnny like Morton gazillion like? dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry, but CJ Mosley's deal. You oh. can say whatever you want about the off season, <laughs> but CJ Mosley's deal was the oh. one that I think I heard more teams like. What the hell? I heard some of that too. Happened. That was like, a lot. I heard some like, of that too, like, man. I thought I would hear that about the safety. Okay, okay, I'll I'll say. Other than like Landon Collins, like the Landon Collins deal blew people's I heard, mind. Yeah, I heard stuff about that too, yeah. though. But so that was an absurd CJ, deal. CJ Mosley was one where people were like, "Oh my god!" It was like I thought CJ Mosley. It was that moment where you remember the, when guards all of a sudden started to get paid. People yeah. were like, "Oh my yeah. god, guards I are like getting that. paid." Yeah. CJ Mosley was like, "Oh my god, we're paying inside linebackers now." Like, oh my god, this is and like, there, and it's like a mix of like anger about it. Yeah. Like it's like, what are you doing? Right. Like it's great. So. I think Baltimore could finish eight and eight, or they might have a winning record. But I, I feel better about the other two teams in this division finishing higher. And hopefully, there's some disagreement here. But I, I kind of don't think there will be because I'm not picking the Browns to win this division. I don't feel comfortable doing it. Like they got to show me. Like I know there's a lot of talent here. It's Odell Beckham Jr. There's Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt. There's all kind of guys here. But I'm sorry, there's a lot of personality in that room. And remember last year, Charles. When I'm like, I don't know, Charles, the Cleveland Browns. And you were just like, listen, we've been talking about this for 15 years. They have to show me. The Cleveland Browns have to show me, bro. I'm sorry. They, they just have to. Uh, we are going to disagree here. Good. And here's why. For the Steelers, what bothers me about the Steelers, obviously you lose. Unfortunately, we're going to underplay it. But honestly, losing Antonio Brown is massive. Like the bottom line, it's a massive loss. Okay, it really is. It is a it is an offense changing loss. Okay, he's still a very good player. Le'Veon, I understand Le'Veon was not there last year, but again, this is two elements of that team that are are not going to be on the field that potentially could have been on the field. So I I don't like that, but I don't like the Mike Munchak loss. Like honestly, that really really worries me. Mike Munchak was offensive line coach, obviously for the Steelers. Far and away from what I was told when I talked to to teams about the coaching cycle, the hiring, the the coaching cycle hires, guys were like, listen, Mike Munchak is the best positional coach in the NFL last season. They thought that just from a positional assistant, not a coordinator, from a positional assistant, that he was the best coach in the NFL. So to me, losing those guys, that's massive ramifications. And then on top of it, Ben Roethlisberger continues to get older and yet we don't talk about Ben like that like we talk about other quarterbacks mm-hmm. we're like oh he's a year older like when when do we start to see the the slide well Ben's year older and now he's lost his his guy for the long time I think that's fair I have some rebuttals to that okay so here we go let's go first of all you're actually a hundred percent right about Mike Munchak that's a huge loss but you know when that's going to be felt when they don't return all five starters 
when the fives, these guys were all tutored and mentored by him. So like, they're gonna know like the way he taught them. These are the same guys. Okay, but but here here's here's my problem with that. Those guys, that offensive line, and this I think this gets underplayed a little bit. There are certain guys in the offensive line that are diva-ish. Okay, like we can talk about divas getting off the. They are guys that honestly are on their offensive on their line. offensive line who I think are locker room guys, but they will step on you. They'll step on guys in the locker room. There are, it, and Pittsburgh fans know which ones they are because they're the ones they read <laughs> well, how about taking this? shots at guys. That leads me perfectly to point number two. That might very well be true, but I still don't think that hits until 2020. Why? Because I think this is a Ewing theory team. 15 years ago, Bill Simmons came out with this theory that, you remember when the, pet, when the New York Knicks went to the NBA Finals without Patrick Ewing? Everyone counted him out, and he came up with this theory where sometimes teams lose their best players and they end up being better. And there are two criteria for that. The team has a star player who receives a lot of attention but never wins anything. And the second is that the star player leaves the team and everybody writes the team off. Now, the Steelers never won a Super Bowl with Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell, right? And the second part, I don't think they're getting written off completely. But there's yeah, a lot of think... people There's a lot of people talking about the Browns, Charles. Okay, I but think, that's I different. Think you can... okay. That's different, though, no, than writing people, a team off. Liking another team is I not feel, the same feel, as writing another team off. I feel off. like when you're, the, when you're the Steelers and you've displayed the kind of mastery they have in general in that division, it's not like as clear-cut as I wish it could be, but I think it, it, I think it does fulfill the Ewing theory um, requirement. I do. And I think this is a team that will bond together to – to actually have a really good season this year. And I'll, I'll also say this. I think they're going to miss on the field. They'll miss Antonio more than they'll miss Le'Veon because James Conner can play. You and I both wrote that last year. So replacing Antonio Brown as a football player on the field, that's going to be difficult. But I, I still think, like, you know, I think this team is going to find a way to put it together this year, and they're going to they're gonna use those guys as scapegoats. So I feel like the that – most of the narrative that I've heard around Pittsburgh is largely the whole addition by subtraction thing. Like, I think a lot of people are buying into Hold addition on. by subtraction. Not quite, because there's a, there's, a, there's a player wearing number 55 at middle linebacker now that is a pretty big addition in Devin Bush Jr. Oh, but I'm just talking about the departures. Oh, like, no, no, I, no, you know, but, but like, they got better. Like, I, I, I think, you know, Devin Bush is a big, you and I have, we've discussed <laughs> Tell Devin, your Devin Bush, Bush, Bush story. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've discussed Devin Bush. Tell it. Is great. Which 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 Devin Bush is this the oh the the, the whole Don people Brown, accountable the yeah. Don Brown one yeah when they well so when they were getting housed at one point uh, it was in the Ohio State game and they came off the field and Don Brown was headed to the defense to to rip him just to light into him destroy him and Devin Bush stepped up to Don Brown and said Michigan's defensive coordinator he said no 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 he's like I, I want to do this I said I got it let me handle this mm-hmm. and went over and just eviscerated. Michigan's defense and some, you know, NFL guys, personnel guys, when the draft was coming around, you know, they saw the film of this. And I mean, they were lit, just lit up. Like it was one of those things where, and, and I think you and I talked about, it, I said, this guy before the draft, you and I were like, Oh my God, 
imagine if this guy ends up in a Steelers or a Ravens uniform. We're like, this is the and it was a, When it happened, we were both like. We look at each other. It was amazing. Yeah. One other thing that I think is going to unify these guys, remember, this is the same team that spitefully voted for Juju Smith-Schuster as the team MVP over Antonio Brown. Nice. A complete a spite vote. Yeah, I absolutely. really feel the Ewan theory is, in, is potentially in effect here. So that's good. Okay. Our first disagreement. Okay. Tell me why you believe in the Browns, though. Before we get out of here. Okay, uh, a couple of things. Number one, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be better. I agree. I think he's going to be better. I think Baker's outstanding. I I I, actually, and you know, I was never, I was never like a, I don't want to say I was a huge Baker guy or not a huge Baker guy or whatever. Like to me, I thought he was a good quarterback. I was very surprised at how good he really was last year when he got in there. What, What blew my mind with Baker was as a rookie, I've never, you just never see a guy step into a team and the whole team, they're like, that's our leader. Like, it, I, you never see a rookie ever walk onto an NFL field and and by midseason, they're all like, yeah, that guy right there, that's our leader. That is our guy. We're following him. And they buy into that guy. Like, I have never seen. It's crazy to me. It's, it, and he's real. You know, it's, it's all real. I think like, I don't know if that, that's why I think kind of his cockiness is like good there. Like when you have that just culture of losing, sometimes you just need he's like pissed the, about everything. Right. I think he's, he's I think that mad. shakes it up. I think that changes the culture, right? Like that that's there's a, more pressure from Baker to win. Yeah. Than Freddie Kitchens. Right. Like, like Baker's pissed at you if you're not <laughs> like it's and, right. and as coaches, you know, as long as you and I have covered sports. I went to I'm, Michigan State, like Draymond Green. Like I remember, like Dray- yeah. look, like coaches love nothing more than when they've got a guy who gets respect from other players, who coaches harder than they do, who's more pissed off at players not doing their job, that, right? Right. Then they those are. are the best locker. Those rooms. are the best guys, the yeah. ones that are policed by yes. themselves. And by the I, way, oof. tell me if you agree. I do want. I do think if he wasn't as respected as he is, his Duke Johnson comments would have been a much bigger deal. Bigger deal, deal. right. Because yes. you and I, you don't talk about another guy's you don't. money. And, and I'm, but, but, like, it didn't, like, become a no. thing, Charles. Not to other guys. It really is just like, eh. I, I, and I think there were guys in that locker room who probably were like, you know, might have done the But if there chalk, was a lack of respect nails, there, that would have been a way bigger right. deal. I, I, think, I think there were guys who were like, Ugh. but then they were also like, but he ain't wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, mean, they, I think they were quiet. Like, I mean, but he's not wrong. Like, I think Baker put words to what some other guys in that locker yeah. room were feeling. And I think he's still kind of learning yeah. how to lead at the NFL level. But they do respect him already. So I think he, I think Baker improves as a player. And then I just think, look, from a sheer talent, a sheer talent standpoint, and the fact that if they kick a couple field goals last year. Right. They end up being a team with a winning record. Right. And and I, I just think there's absolutely the possibility that Freddie Kitchens never gets his arms around all the talent and the personality and craziness. There, there is. There, there's implosion potential. But good Lord, they are loaded. They are. Like, there's, good there's a Lord, lot they of are loaded. There. Like, there's, there's, a there's lot of people talent. who, there are people who have left that organization who, who I've spoken to who are like, holy shit. Well, the amount of talent they've gathered is nuts. People, I can tell you, people I've talked to throughout the league, like, recognize the threat that's there in Cleveland. Those skilled players are really difficult to match up with. Like, hey, man, Juice Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., no one talks about the tight end and Joku. 
But he's going to see single coverage all year long. He's one of the most athletically gifted tight ends in football. And we haven't even gotten to the running backs. And at midseason, you might just get a guy added to your roster when right. he's not suspended who's a, 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 a Pro Bowl-level running back yeah, who's so, healthy that, at midseason. Like, completely healthy. Not, like, banged up healthy. Real healthy. Yeah, so... I could definitely see it, but I'm going to go with the Steelers. So just to recap. Okay, I'm going the Browns. You're going to Right, so we both agree. Team that finishes last in the AFC North right now is the Bengals. Yes. Third's the Ravens. Yep. Second, I'm going to pick the Browns. You're picking the Steelers. And first, I'm picking the Steelers. You're picking the Browns. Right. Okay. We, just, we just disagree on first and second. That's fine. That's good. Okay, moving on to the AFC West. Of course, this is the division where I'm living. And at number four, I'm going to pick a team that I think many people are really looking forward to seeing on Hard Knocks. They haven't canceled their HBO Go subscriptions yet just to see this team on Hard Knocks. I had to think about it because I think Denver's in the mix here, but I'm going to Oakland Raiders. I want to know if you agree with me because Oakland did add a lot of talent. And I, I do think initially the Antonio Brown-Gruden like, relationship is going to be good because he's going to see a lot of targets. I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown has the most targets in pro football this year. And I think that's all he wants. I think he'll be happy with that. But I do think this team's going to lose a lot of games because um, I'm just not sure it's all going to come together quickly. Where are you at on the Oakland Raiders, and who do you pick fourth? I think it's going to be the Broncos. Fourth, Interesting. Actually. Okay. I don't buy Flacco. Like, I don't. Like, I understand Flacco. Uh, last season, he was serviceable for most of the season with with the Baltimore Ravens. And what I was told was when Kubiak was going out the door in Denver, his kind of parting gift was to have a conversation with Elway in which he said, look, I coached him. There's, there's like, you know, before, obviously, this is before Kubiak goes out the door. Before they go and they get Joe Flacco, he said, I still think Flacco can be a serviceable multi-year quarterback couple years and you can still get something out of this it settles down the offense you've got some pieces on offense some guys that we drafted uh obviously an undrafted running back we have some pieces that are still making some strides this will be the settling factor that we have needed case keenum wasn't that the problem was i bought into the case keenum thing yeah you know better now yeah and i know better now uh i do like fangio i'm buying into vic i believe in vic I, I believe in Vic as a defensive coordinator. I think he's fantastic. I don't, I have no ideas. I really, I don't know if his style translates. He, in some ways, he reminds me of Singletary. Okay. Like Mike Singletary. Ooh. Mike Singletary, when he huh. took over the 49ers, he had a certain style and mentality to him that lended itself very well. You know, when he was a positional coach or if you're a coordinator, you can, you can kind of run and style, stylize yourself that way. I think when you have to run a whole team. It changes a little bit. Yeah, it changes a little bit. You have to run meetings. You have to organize things. Head coach is, is about a lot of other little details. Right. Personally, I think Vic Fangio is a guy that is more suited to being the number one delegate. The, the the you know, you have your general and then you have your next in command. He's the right-hand man. I think he's the right-hand man. You think he's more yeah. like in Batman parlance from 89. He's Bob the goon. He's yeah. not Joker. Right, like, I right. Got exactly. Right. Yeah, he's right. He's Bob. Bob. You are <laughs> yeah. my number one. My number yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. I don't think he's That's Jack Nicholson. I like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he's Jack Nicholson. I don't think he's the Joker. So to me. Okay. All right. Um, I think he's, you know, I don't think he's a bad addition. I think he'll be good for the defense. I think the defense I just don't is know. still going to be good. Right. I, I just listen, don't know if he's good enough for the offense. I, 
I'd probably be willing to put money that Drew Locke is starting games by the end of the year. But I also then they're a fourth place team. Yeah. Come on, if the rookie quarterback yeah. in the in, that you drafted, I could, I by could the way, see not that, in the first round, I could see that happening. But I also think Oakland's a disaster. Like I just, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, do we think that the Raiders are going to be able to get this thing together? Look at some of the guys they brought in. Look at this locker room right now. Antonio Brown, Vontae yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Richie Incognito, yeah, a lot of guys. Like, are they going to rush? Are they going to be able to rush the passer Here, this year? Here's okay. So here's by the what way, I mean. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to forget. No, by the way. Are they going to be able to rush the passer this year? Because their edge rush stunk. No, no. And Cleveland Farrell's not – like, how often do edge rushers – how often are they good as rookies? Not very. So, I don't Marcel think – Marcel Darius. I mean, you know, there's a few well, guys. Well, edge rushers, you know, right? Edge like, rushers. So, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, true. Not, yeah. I'm not sure that their defense is going to get a whole lot better, uh, even though I do like Josh Jacobs. I do think he's very draftable in fantasy. But, like, I'm just not sure, man. I'm not – I'm not so – I think this is a combustible situation. I Put it this way. I have more faith – in Vic Fangio's ability to get the most out of the Broncos' defense than I have in John Gruden's ability to get that team together just this year. Right. What bothers me, I think, about Oakland and probably what I just I, I struggled with when I was thinking about, okay, is this the fourth-place team in the AFC West? I, when I was out there for their – so I was out there for uh, their final full-squad minicamp, yeah. right, in June. And so I asked Gruden about, you know, regimes don't make it through the transition of moving, you know, and that's become like this whole subset. Like people don't even think really about Oakland going through a moving process. It's really hard on teams as a distraction. It sucks. And they've got enough distractions as it is now. And he said to me, he's like, he, you know, in his Gruden way, he got all pissed and he's like, you know, uh, Mike Mayock just got off the plane. The regime's not even in place yet. That scares me to hear a head coach go, Yo, the regime's not even in place yet. Yeah, you think like, they're finishing third? Yeah, like in my mind, I was like, "This, yeah, that's that's the ten-year contract." Yeah. <laughs> like that's the guy who's like, yeah. "I have no problem yeah, just like, telling yeah. you that." Who, oh, by who the way, make it in year five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Oh, by the way, right. like we don't even really have the structure in place yet. So yeah, that was troubling to me. But I will say this: perfect incognito. If these are guys who. You know, mentally they are, if they're, if their heads are in the game, you know, where they, and this is, I, I don't mean to, you know, it's not a, a mental health thing. I'm not making like a, a, you're just a saying if they're, mental right, health. I'm talking you. about football. If you're if saying they're, they're dialed in, focused, in, are they locked yes. in? Are they focused on if football? They're locked in. Yes. To me, these are guys that they, they can be an adrenaline shot for a year. Okay. We've seen guys who will come in as veterans, be a quick adrenaline shot in terms of a locker room culture for one year before problems really start. I think there's a chance that perfect and Antonio Brown, they give and it a Richie incognito are a quick adrenaline shot that it's you know, just enough to help them ascend. And, but I don't know that it lasts. It won't last, but a B getting his targets early is going to be key. He'll sure. get his targets. If I he's not going to be Derek Carr's best friend. I do too. Like, absolutely. So, now, there's going to be a time at some point this year. It might be week eight. It might be week five. It might be week 14 where Antonio's got like four steps on a cornerback on a deep yep. post yep. and car checks down and, and he just mad. loses yep. and he's mad. his right. Like He yeah. just right. loses it. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's going to see it yep. and it's going to become a thing. Yep. But my hunch is that happens in week 14. Right. Not week four. Right. So... Okay, so we flip flop fourth and third. That's fine. The only thing I will say about Denver too, Emmanuel Sanders, 
Where's his health yeah, at? I don't you know. have a whole lot of faith in a Broncos offense. Believe me, I don't feel great right, about it. Right. It's but, a defensive end, <laughs> the coaching. Okay, so so I got I got Raiders third you and, and Broncos fourth. You have Broncos third and Raiders fourth. Right. Okay. Chargers. Enough. Not crazy about this Melvin Gordon situation. Right. I mean, do what you gotta do, Mel. By all means, get mm-hmm. your money. Right. Just this is a team that went 12 and 4 last year, you know? And I think in general, they did some things to really get better. But I don't – I'm going to pick the Chargers, obviously, finish second. I, they're going to have to show me that they're going to topple the Chiefs. Just like the Chiefs had to show me they were going to topple the Broncos all those years ago, you're going to have to earn it. You couldn't – they finished with the same record, but they still weren't division champs. The Chargers are an interesting team. I think they're going to be 500 or better again. But I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm not sold on them winning this division yet, though I see a lot of people do, picking them to do it. Here's what makes me nervous about the Chargers and why I don't even think they're going to be a 12-14. and 14. Like, I think they're still going to be a good team. I'm thinking it's more like it looks like a 10-6 and six team to me. Um, That's about right. I think defensively, Bosa, you're going to have certain guys that are going to be on the field, like, I think, full-time. You know, they, you get back to what the unit should have been at the beginning of the season last year. You get that this year. Okay, that's great. I think they're a good defensive team. I think that Melvin Gordon, part of the reason why Melvin Gordon's doing what he's doing right now is yeah. that he knows that they need the Chargers him. need him they need and him. that they are going to load him up. And I absolutely 100% think he's correct. I think the plan for that Chargers offense is a ton of Melvin Gordon this year. What makes me nervous about that is he does not have good knees yeah. historically. Now, I'm not, and Melvin, I don't want to upset you right now. But the thing is, we know what the medical is, and his knees make me nervous. If you are predicating so much of the offense on really having this all-around back that you're going to put a ton of touches on him, and he doesn't have great knees, that to me feels like when we saw Todd Gurley get tendonitis. I was just about to say, I wonder how much he hurt other guys, potentially, because he signed that contract almost immediately. Um, Tendonitis. And it, and screwed up the Rams' offense. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. As soon as Todd Gurley had that tendonitis, they're lucky that they had C.J. Anderson to step in and and pick up the load at, at you know at least part of the time. But you saw a team that offensively geared a lot of what it did through the running back, which is what the Chargers want to do. And if if something goes wrong there, if he gets hurt, if he only plays eight games, if anything happens, or if he's just not feeling it, if he gets run down. This people, changes things offensively for them, I think, significantly. People or at least like, the plan. People like Austin Eakler. I, I just think there's a big difference. You know, like, I, no, I, I hear you. A huge saying, difference. I don't, I, I'm with you I, there. Like, it, I no get question. it. I'm just saying, I think there's a difference. They also lost Tyrell Williams. Yeah. And they didn't really replace and him. And he was a pretty good He's player. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, Resurfaced is a good player for them. So, yeah, just to wrap it up on the Chargers, I think, you know, they got some issues as far as you know, having to replace some guys. Um, you know, I think their right tackle situation is still getting figured out. But I still think it's a good team. They'll finish above 500. They'll compete for the division crown. But I think the team that's pretty clearly um, division champions will be the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. team that went 12-4 last year arguably has the most valuable young player in football in Patrick Mahomes, arguably the most valuable, period. I think this is a team that's done a whole lot to try and rectify a defense that was a complete disaster by the right. end of the season. And I give them a lot of credit for trying to rectify it. They fired Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator. They hired Steve Spagnolo, And not just that, they went from a 3-4 to a 4-3 overnight. And they were tasked with trying to make it a championship-caliber defense 
overnight while switching schemes, which is not easy. But you sign Tyron Matthew to be kind of your Brian Dawkins, which is they've done. Trust me. That's they kind of see him as the spiritual voice. And Steve Spagnuolo is going to use him that way, lining him up all over and making plays. But Frank Clark's going to have to deliver on all the money they paid him. Right. Because he's also there's also a pressure here because their decision to pay Frank Clark is directly impacting what's happening with Chris Jones right now. Because you can't pay somebody from the outside after your own guys had 15 sacks without him expecting to get paid the same. So Frank Clark's going to have to live up to that deal. And the Chiefs need Chris Jones to get back in the camp. Not completely unlike, not complete, not a situation unlike Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like they gotta, he's gotta be in 30 days before the the season begins to get his accrued year. He'll show up for that. But if they make him come play and sing for his supper, when they have to franchise him next year, things could get very difficult for them as far as maybe he ends up being a Frank Clark next year where he finds another home somewhere. Or there won't be a hometown discount if they got if he's got to sing for a supper this year. So I think it'll be interesting to see, but I do think that they've done some things on the defense to try and make it Super Bowl caliber worthy. They'll win the division. We'll have to see if it makes them if it's enough to push them to the Super Bowl. I think as someone who's seen Frank over the years, multiple years I've seen gone out like in person and seen Frank uh, in in Seattle. I saw what he sort of became to them. I, part of the reason why Seattle let Frank go was because I think they are looking long-term at a number of guys they want to extend, mm-hmm. money that they want to pay out. And I think they, you know, I don't think they were happy to let Frank go, but for the compensation, the way everything worked out, you know, I, I think not having to pay out the money that they paid. It's my understanding Pete's not happy about it. I mean, Pete's not happy from the standpoint of any time you lose – a guy who is, I mean, he, I think they felt like he's an elite level pass yeah. rusher. Like they felt that way, but not only that and the growth that I saw for him, he was a mental, and we've talked about this. He was a mentality setter in that locker room. I watched him literally watched him knock out Jermaine, uh, uh, Jermaine in practice. And I was what, there. That's why the Chiefs got him to bring yeah. that mentality. Yes. Like he's, he is a brand of nasty. That is rare. That is rare even for the NFL. And, and, Sometimes that can be really good for your locker room. Sometimes it can be a little scary, you know, because there are guys who will back down significantly from him and he could, you know, so we'll see. But I, I think I like Teran Matthew. You bring in a guy who he has his own mentality to him. You can move him a lot. And as you said, they can move him a lot of places in that defense. They can be creative with him. That's awesome. You've got to love creativity in a defense. And then to have a guy who is that not only a pass rusher, but a tone setter that the past, the the past pass rushers didn't quite have that edge to them yeah. that, that he will bring to them. So defensively, I expect them to be a better team. Offensively, I want to see a who's going to be on the field for him. Okay, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is he going to be there? How much is he going to be there? Like we, we got to sort all that stuff out. Is there any lag from this whole thing? Like you know, I, I'm curious if if this manifests itself in other ways in terms of just a mental impact on everything that happens offensively with him. If there is, it won't be on Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is in unbelievable shape right now. Mm-hmm. Just trust me on that. Like it is, it's, it, this is about to be the contract years of contract years. Like if he gets a chance to play, and I, look, I think there's a significant amount of optimism um, coming out of Kansas City that they, that he will play and not just play that, you know, the the suspension, if there is one will not be like, too cumbersome, right? But at the end of the day, as I've told all you guys, as we continue to do this, Roger Cadell can what, Charles? 
do what he wants. So we'll have to see. That's the way it's set up. Another pivotal piece here that I think is going to be very interesting. And a lot of people are kind of excited about the running back and, you know, oh, he's going to be, you know, that you've got a situation. Yeah, this ought to be interesting. That, that, that to me is, he, he's not a, he's not a known commodity. I mean, he, he, there's an element of him being a known commodity, but again, it's not the running back you had. Okay. Who's now on the Cleveland Browns roster. is not walking through that door. Like he's just not, you know, no matter yeah. what. And so to me, there has to be an element of not just functionality at the running back spot and the depth at the running back spot, but there, there, there has to be some playmaking. Yeah. And so you can't just assume because of how the offense is run, the fact that you have Pat Mahomes and there are all these other pieces that it's, it's just going to happen. You said to me, as, as the season kind of went on last year, you said to me, like, look, I see the difference. Like, I, I watch them game in, game out. I see them. I break down film. I see the difference at the running back spot, you know, when you it matters. You, you saw the, the yeah. tier of talent drop down a little bit. So I think offensively it'll be interesting to see how that manifests itself. I personally believe this team, I will be disappointed if this team does not take that next step. I feel like and, and you'll be disappointed. What, They'll be disappointed too. What scares me about this is this is how I felt about now a totally different situation at quarterback, but this is how I felt about Jacksonville a year ago, where I was like Ooh. Jacksonville, I was like, they're poised. They're poised to do that. They're poised to take that step. This defense is I like that be you brought that up. unbelievable. They're they're prime. They're this. They're that. I see all these things happening, and then they ran into a buzzsaw of ego. They ran into a buzzsaw of, of a number of different things. I don't think Kansas City is set up the same way. Definitely not on the ego part. But I feel like when I look at Kansas City and when I watch that AFC Championship game again, and I watch them. I watched I, – I, so the two two games I watched over the last week, I watched two Kansas City games. I watched uh, – I had the Rams game downloaded. Which has just which basically ballistic. been on repeat. Yeah, on the NFL, yeah. No, it was on just, NFL Network. They were right? just showing yeah, it. Yeah, so I watched the Rams game and then I watched the AFC title game. Yeah. And I just sat there and I'm like, if this team doesn't take a step forward from this – Stuff's going to happen. It's yeah. – what, what's, what, what's, what's wrong? Like they should. Well, well then – We'll take kind of like the next step in people's relationship with Patrick Mahomes, where they'll start foolishly saying, oh, you know, look at his record against the good teams and the big games. They'll start doing that stuff. Let's not get there yet. No, no. Year three. Yeah. No, but I'm telling you, like, there was already a little bit. I know. That's ridiculous. It's like, come on. We're, 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 he's, I agree. One year. Like, I agree, but I'm, no, you asked what's going to happen. No, I know. That's going to happen. Look, and you're going to get, here's who it's going to come down to. Most of the blame's coming on Andy Reid from people. We have a it's lot just, of Chiefs fans who listen, right? No, but they know this. No, stuff, I know this, though. but they hear you all the time. They know you, okay? They don't know me as much. They, a lot of these Chiefs fans. I will just say it from, from my standpoint. I live in Houston. I've covered the league since two thousand. Knock that <laughs> okay? Like seriously, we're to the point now. It's it's Wait. only year two as a full time starter for Pat Mahomes. I'm not telling you. No, no, I'm no. telling people who are going to question Pat Mahomes. Okay. Because that's not Chiefs fans. It, no, no, no. Okay, I'm, right. I'm saying anybody. Oh. If it, if it's outside, I don't I don't care if it is a, a small segment of Chiefs fans. I got you. I don't care if it's outside. No, but they're if pretty. People <laughs> are already coming for Pat Mahomes and saying he's oh garbage, what about his record right. here? They're, knock that. Right. Okay, we just started. You. We just got on the train <laughs> ride. Don't start saying are we there yet? Right. Okay, just stop it. I love okay? it. Well, I love. It. Well, here's the thing: if they don't make it to the Super Bowl this year. People are always going to blame the quarterback and the coach. And that's going to come. And as foolish as that be for the quarterback, 
you know, there's going to be people coming for Andy. Now, Andy's going to be fine. Like, he, all he does is win and make money for Clark Hunt and the Chiefs. So they're going to be fine. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because this team has absolutely been built to win now. And uh, the, the intensity to do so is only going to continue to grow until they finally do it. All right, so just to be clear, on the AFC West, I think the Raiders are finishing last. You think the Broncos, Broncos are finishing mm-hmm. last. You think the Raiders are finishing third. I think the Broncos are finishing third. Right. And then we both think the Chargers are finishing second. I think the Chiefs are – we both think the Chiefs are finishing first. Yes. Got it. All right. Okay. So we just reviewed the whole conference. Who do you have coming out of here? I Again, uh, it's got to be the Chiefs. We're both – we're going to agree on this, but it's got to be the Chiefs. The Chiefs, to me, are primed in the AFC to, to take that next step. And at some point, New England – has to feel the law. I I just Gronk. It worries me too much seeing Gronk go out the door. I don't I don't think he's the replaceable part that maybe other people were fr- from a lot of different standpoints. Um, so I I just the Chiefs, as I said, I will be disappointed if they don't make if they don't take the next step to the Super Bowl. If if they if they do not end up in the Super Bowl, to me they regressed. Even if they make it to the AFC title That's game true. again, That's I still true. think it's a regression. It'll be a failure of a season if they don't take the next step. I do think it's interesting Vegas has both the Chiefs and Patriots with 6-1 to one odds. Patriots are the defending champions. Six being Chiefs being 6-1 to one odds, same as them, make you think that they probably think the Chiefs are going to go there too. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it is the Chiefs. But as we know, on any given Sunday, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. <laughs> so we're going to see what happens, right? Okay. Uh, you can follow me at Therese Paler. You can follow Charles at Charles Robinson. Give the Yahoo Sports NFL Twitter handle a follow. Not, Charles, not too bad for a first run back, huh? Pretty good time here. Yeah, I almost drowned. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm doing all right. Uh, I, I almost drowned on a whitewater rafting trip. I think I'm good. Right uh, now, you know, I'd still be stuck to that rock, by the way. Oh, if just, they hadn't grabbed me, yeah. you'd be like, I'm hosting this alone because Charles is wrapped around a rock. Yeah, I don't know where Charles is. He's... <laughs> Alone on a rock, praying. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace.